0: Hey and welcome to another episode of the Old Dog Soapbox Podcast with your host Norman Goodman. And I hope everyone is doing well. And uh, on today's episode, what I want to do is I want to go over the petrochemical industry a little bit. Uh, my curiosity in that wasn't until um, you know later today, earlier, when I was reading in my book of the World The World Order, Our Secret Rulers, a Study of the Hegemony of Parasitism by Eustace Mullins. Now, You've heard me say before where I, where I felt and still believe that the climate crisis is a hoax. Climate change happens; every, has happened every day. The earth has been around for billions of years. Nobody really knows how long. Some say 6 billion. Some say 4.5 billion. No one really knows how long the earth has been around. But what we do understand is that climate change is normal. Now, the climate crisis is something that's manufactured by a small group of uh, international bankers, people that control the Council on Foreign Relations, the Trilateral Commission, the World Economic Forum. Uh, the international bankers control every aspect of our lives, all media, everything. There's no part that they don't control. Our medical industries, is the whole nine yards. So as I'm reading here, you know, in my mind, I'm always talking about how the EVs and, and the chemtrails with the geoengineering, all of this stuff is designed to really uh, trip us up and destroy and, and control us. So, as I'm reading in my book, you know, I come across this part in chapter 7, and it talks about this construction company. It's it's two of them, basically, but constructed. It's company's called Betel, and uh, Eisenhower talked about it as he, a little bit, well, he recognized some things as he was leaving office. And the author writes, when uh, President Eisenhower concluded his term, he warned the nation in a party message about the rapid growth of the military industrial complex. The American people did not know what he was talking about. As a, military, as a military man, Eisenhower has seen firsthand the growing political and economic power of two giant construction firms, Brown and Roots of Houston, Texas, and Bethel Group of San Francisco. Brown and Root put uh, its man in the White House, Lyndon Bain Johnson, and Bethel Group has put his own man in the White House, Ronald Reagan, whose presidential campaign in 1980 was run by George Pratt Pratt Schultz, president of Bethel and Casper Weinsberger, Vice President of General Counsel of Bethel They were appointed Secretary of the State and Secretary of Defense. Now my curiosity then as I looked at it, I had never heard of these two uh, construction companies at all So my curi- curiosity was raised I was like well what's the deal with Why would a whole chapter be devoted to Betel? Betel, A construction company um, So the author is here Saying in the Times writes In July 12th 1982 uh, It wrote uh, Jabal Now Jabal I had no idea what Jabal was But I found out by googling it It's in Saudi Arabia It's called Al-Jabal if I'm uh, saying it correctly, J-U-B-L-I-A, I'll be, I, uh, J-U-B-A-I-L. Um, and it talks about how Bethel has spent $35 billion and plans to spend $100 billion more. Bethel's original contract had been for a mere, a modest $9 billion. Now, Jabal is described as laying 324 miles northeast of Saudi Arabian capital with 100 plus temperatures most of the year a desolate area of salt flats washed by the Persian Gulf. 16,000 Beto employees live on the site of three-bedroom ranch houses built for $300,000 each. Directing the uh, activities of 39,000 construction workers, the Times says the infant city could wind up being an enormous expensive ghost town as marching dunes are expected to cover it by the year 2000. Well, let me explain to you when I looked it up, it is not covered by dunes. It is a bustling little town of almost 300,000 people and happen to have actually it's the largest industrial city on the planet and what is main job is is as main industry is is petro chemi- is a petrochemical industry which it refines crude oils and natural gases so out of my curiosity i want to know what the heck you know let's let me get into petrochemicals because that's not something that i've looked up i know petrochemicals petroleum but what exactly is this industry all about so i go to google and this is right on google folks this is nothing that i just pulled out of my back pocket and i'm guessing i just went straight to google You know, where everybody else goes. You know how I feel about Google, but I went straight to Google to see exactly what definition and what it was going to give me as far as a petrochemical industry. And it tells me that a petrochemical industry is concerned with the production and trade of petrochemicals. A major part is constituted by the plastic industry. It directly interfaces with the petroleum industry, especially downstream sectors. So people, so you know at Google, when you go Google something, it's that people also ask. So I'm looking to see what other people are asking. Other people ask, what is an example of a petrochemical product? Petrochemical products include plastics, rubbers, risins, synthetic fibers, adhesives, dyes, detergents, pesticides, and uh, petroleum derivative paints and coatings. Well, we use these items every single day. We use all of it every day. Okay. So let me let me continue because I'm trying to I'm I'm trying to come around and try to let you understand when when I say that the that the the, the climate thing is a hoax, it's definitely a hoax. Okay. The other question people are asking: What does the petrochemistry industry do? A petrochemical uh, chemical industry mainly comprises of synthetic fibers, yarns, polymers, synthetic rubber, synthetic detergents, uh, intermediates, performance plastics. And plastic uh, processing uh, industries. It also said, "What people ask me: What are the uh, petrochemicals used in the manufacturing of petrochemicals? Are used to manufacture thousands of different products that people use daily, including plastic, medicines, cosmetics, furniture, appliances, electronics, solar panels, panels, and wind turbines." Let me say that again, solar panels and wind turbines. Now that's a big thing in the Green New Deal. That's a big thing in sustainability. That's a big thing these people are talking about. But yet these products are on uh, bid these products are manufactured with petroleum and gas in it. They're all refined. Let me go over here. Uh what are other people talking about? Petroleum, what is uh petrochemicals in simple words, the petrochemicals can be defined as a large group of uh, chemicals derived from natural gas and petroleum and further use for a variety of chemical processes or purposes, which are extremely important in the modern society. Okay, these things, you know, (laughs) they use things that this is used to make us comfortable. Every single thing that we have in that we use today, everything. There's not one, one thing that we use that doesn't have some that we're not using some part of crude oil or gas, uh, natural gas in it. Our computers, our clothes, our shoes, the packaging of our foods, our refrigerators, our stoves, our paints, you name it. Our crayons, uh, markers, you name it. And I'm always, I'm, I'm kind of curious about all the people that's always pushing this Green New Deal, how we need to go sustainable. They're all using the same products. Nobody has changed their behavior. It's all talk. You have people making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year in salary, feeding everybody this propaganda about a climate crisis when they're all using the same cell phones. They're using the, the, self, the covers for their cell phones, the computers, the laptops, you name it. They're using everything that uses the, the products that they deem are dangerous for the planet. Let me continue. Um, how are the most, okay, how are the most popular ones? Now, the question is, what are three examples of petrochemicals? And it says, here are the most popular ones available on the market. Ethylene, this substance is commonly used to make different types of films and plastic, benzene, medical horizons, uh, medical plastics, food preservatives, cosmetics, fertilizers, and carpets. So if you have carpet in your house, <laughs> guess what? is being refined from crude oil and natural gas. Um, let's go over other questions people are asking. What is the main raw material of petrochemical of the petrochemistry industry? Crude oil is the basic component to produce all petrochemicals and petroleum components after a long process of refinement. Of refinement and from a refining from the refinement in the refinery uh in the refineries. OK, the other question is, what is the biggest petrochemical? What is what is the biggest petrochemical company right now on the earth? It's China based China Petroleum and Chemical Corp. It's a leading uh, petrochemical company in the world by revenue. The company is a, a vertically integrated energy and chemical company. Okay, how many petrochemical plants are in the United States now? With this is going to shock you, so I want everybody to kind of you know brace yourself because in the United States, we're pushing that climate crisis and climate this, and everybody needs to change their habit get solar paneling on your house, drive EV cars. But here, but listen to this in the United States, there are 38 petrochemical manufacturing businesses in the U.S. as of 2023 and an increase. Of five point six percent from 2022. Let me read that again. Okay, how many petrochemical plants are in the United States? There are 38 petrochemical manufacturing businesses in the U.S. as of 2023, an increase in five of five point six percent from 2022. Now these guys in our government has been pushing this climate crisis thing for years, and yet we almost had a six percent increase in petrochemical uh, businesses in this country Okay, again, I'm trying to get you guys to understand that this thing is a fraud but yet our young people, especially our people in colleges are so uh, propagandized because they don't understand history and they don't understand how the world is actually, who runs the world and how the world works Okay, and how comfortable their lives are because of the crude oil, the natural gas, all the petrochemical processes that make their lives easy. Okay, Um, the question, the other question that I asked, which country is the largest producer of petrochemicals? Okay, it's not China. Okay, it's the United States. It's the largest producer of petroleum followed by Saudi Arabia, Russia, Canada, the U.S., Reduces 18.6 million, six million barrels per day with a share of the world's total 20%. Okay, are we really gonna get rid of oil? Absolutely not. Are we getting rid of natural natural gas? Absolutely not. It's a cash cow. It's it's the money on top of drugs and everything else, but it's not going anywhere. So this is my point in trying to, when I hear people talk about climate tr- change and climate crisis and we need to be more sustainable and that they don't understand, you know, <laughs> how much oil and crude oil is very important to our country and to the Western world. Without it, we didn't grow, we won't grow. And I can tell you right now, the undeveloped countries, they're not even paying attention to this. It's, a che- it's cheap. It's much cheaper to, to, to actually process this than it is for anything that's sustainable. Turbines, solar panels, all EV cars, they're much more expensive than dealing with crude oil and gas. All right. Other questions Where do most of the petrochemical com- uh, chemicals come from? The vast majority of petrochemicals are derived from oil and natural gas. Um, another question What are the two? important petrochemicals the two most important petrochemical classes are orphine, including ethylene and prop- uh, propylene and aromatics including benzene toluene, and xenolene, I- uh isomer, isomers oil refineries, uh, refineries produce orphine and aromatics by fluid ca- uh, catalytics cracking and petroleum fraction and let me go here well, okay. Uh, wet plastics are made from uh, petrochemicals, petrochemical feedstocks. Uh, naphtha, and other oils refined, refined from crude oils are used as feedstocks for petrochemical crackers that produce the basic building block for making plastics. What else do we have here? Okay, what is the difference between petroleum products and... Uh, petrochemicals petroleum products are uh, materials derived from crude oil petroleum as it is processed into oil refineries unlike uh, petrochemicals which are a collection of well-defined fine usually pure organic compounds petroleum uh, products are complex mixtures and uh, what are we getting here what is the difference between petroleum and the petrochemical industry the petroleum engineering involved exploration and production uh, whereas petrochemicals engineering involves refining so what i'm doing is just going over some of these things here some of these examples some of the questions people are asking here's another one is gasoline a petrochemical we know it is but here's what, here's what uh, google tell you for example of uh, an example of petrochemical fuels are uh, liquefied petroleum gas, LPG, kerosene, diesel, gasoline, and jet fuel. Note that a refinery produces other valuable products such as waxes, asphalt, plastic materials, lubricant, and greases. And let's look at what industries are uh, petrochemicals. Uh, Petrochemical products are used in cars, packaging, household goods, medical equipment, paints, clothing, building materials. Uh, to name just a few of the common applications. Furthermore, the industry continues to innovate through new technologies and the ability to process different types of raw materials. This industry is not going anywhere, folks. It's not going anywhere. Okay. Uh, the petrochemical petro chemi- uh, chemical industry depends on uh, coal, gas, and petroleum. Those three items aren't going anywhere. Those three products aren't going anywhere. So anybody who has the idea of thinking that we're going to get rid of these three main products to go to some sustainable energy is fooling themselves naive or just flat-out lying. Okay? And I feel bad for the young people because the young people have, have drank this Kool-Aid by listening to Greta Thunberg with her 6 million followers. Okay? she Everything about her is a contradiction folks everything the clothes that she wears the shoes the food she eats everything you know is a contradiction and we should not be paying attention to this What is um, another question is what state have the most petrochemical plants is southeast Texas it's a home of the largest concentration of oil refineries and uh, petrochemical plants in the United States uh, there's oh check this out this is this is another one this this is going I'm going to probably end right here OK, and then move on. But here's something that's going to really blow your mind here. What is the future of a petrochemicals? Petrochemicals. Petrochemicals are rapidly becoming the largest driver of global ore consumptions. They are set to account for more than a third of the growth in ore demands to 2030 and nearly half to 2050 ahead of trucks, aviation and shipping. Just to let you know. Okay, they expect for this to grow, so there's no stopping oil. There's no stopping uh, digging for oil. That's none of that's gonna happen. None of that's gonna happen. <laughs> it's too many billions of dollars, um, uh, wrapped up into this. It's too much money. It's too much money wrapped up into it. There's no way these guys are gonna get rid of this. Okay, I'm gonna throw one more thing at you. Okay, what? Where does the United States get uh, most of its oil? Okay, in 2021, Canada was the source of 51% of U.S. gross total petroleum imports and 61% of gross crude oil imports. Okay, the top five sources of the U.S. total petroleum, including crude oil, imported by percentage shares of total petroleum imports in 2021 were Canada at 51 Mexico at 8%, Russia at 8%, Saudi Arabia at 5%, and Colombia at 2%. That's Canada, Canada at 51%, Mexico at 8%, Russia at 8%, Saudi Arabia at 5%, and Colombia at 2%. Okay. We're we're not going but listen, we're not getting rid of any of this stuff. And of course we do know that pharmaceuticals are made from uh petrochemicals. We know that, right? Petrochemicals provide provide the chemicals. Chemicals, building the chemical building block for most medical drugs. Nearly 99% of pharmaceutical feedstocks and reagents are derived in some way, form, in some, some way from petrochemicals. For example, aspirin has been manufactured from benzene, benzene products, in uh, petroleum refining since the late 19th century. Do you honestly think the medical community is going to try to come up with a different way to poison you? Absolutely not. Everything in the medical uh, community depends on on this industry. Everything about it. Everything. There's no way you're going to get rid of that. There's no way you're getting rid of the petrochemical industry. To to get rid of that, you have to get rid of oil. You got to get rid of natural gas. You have to get rid of coal. That's not going to happen. So, I, I, again, I, I just had to touch on this a little bit because, you know, when I hear people talk about EV cars, it makes no sense. And I've said it before. I know I'm being re- repetitive here. When people talk about the Green New Deal or we need to be sustainable or we need to find a different way for sustainable energy, that is ridiculous on its face because everybody who says it know better. We're not getting rid of that stuff, man. That is the that is the cash cow. What did Donald Trump say when he was in office and they were talking about why we were over in Syria? He said because of the oil. He wasn't supposed to say that. He said, well, yeah, it's true that we're over there because of the oil. And of course we're over there because of the oil. No other way around it. Okay? So for all those people that's out there that believe there is a climate crisis, that believe in uh, geoengineering, the chemtrails, the glyphosate that's being sprayed, the, the metals that's being sprayed in the air to block the sun from heating the earth or whatever, or the knuckleheads and divos and talking about we need to get the zero uh, uh, CO2 by 2035 or 2050, whatever. You need to ignore these foods and you need to push back because again, no CO2, the earth is dead. Everything on it. And these people are not playing with a Ford deck. So, again, the people that's telling us it's a climate crisis are the people who have not changed their behavior. Not at all. Nobody that was at Davos. Nobody at the Council on Foreign Relations, Trilateral Commission, the World Economic Forum, the bankers. None of them have solar panels on their homes, guys. None of them are driving EV cars and none of them are eating bugs. (laughs) And they're not recycling. They're not doing any of that. Okay, they're trying to convince the masses to do that so they can further control us and all this is about is control. You know, I mean, this is a overused couple words that are overused new world order. Yeah, it's a conspiracy. Yeah, it's you know, everybody who thinks it's a conspiracy hold like my wife would say hold that. But again, do your own research. Dig. Dig, understand. Understand what's really going on on this planet and in this world and then we have to fight back. Okay. CO2 is king. Crude oil is, is good. I have no problem with it. Okay, plastics, can we do things more responsible as human beings on this planet? Absolutely. Absolutely. We can stop dumping toxic metals and, and, and chemicals in our waters. We can stop putting bio waste in our forests and, and in our school grounds and in our waterway. We can remove fluoride from the water. We can get rid of um, all of this glyphosate and start putting Roundup on our yards and, and spraying it on dandelion when we should be eating dandelion because it's a natural uh, diuretic for our body. Help cleans our body out. Okay, yeah, we can do a whole lot of things differently. We can do less pollution. Sure, we can do a lot of things. We can start cutting down our forestry and we can start growing hemp, which is a grass that's actually better for us and it's cheaper. Yeah, we can do a whole lot of things different as human beings to contribute to the health of the earth, but we only occupy 5% of the planet's surface of the planet, period. You know, so for me to believe that we're doing this must destruction when the rest of the world is simply saying, "We're we're not getting rid of any of our crude oil. We're going to continue to use this stuff, bro, because why? We need it. It's cheap. You know, why would I get rid of it? So, again, um, you know, to all those out there that think there's a climate crisis, and for all of us, all of us sane people that know it's not a climate crisis, we need to do our own research. Stop listening to the noise and the propaganda and the lies from uh, the people at Davos. And I mean, because they control the media, they control everything. Remember what I said before whoever controls the media controls the social construct, they control everything you do. All right, so learn how to ignore the noise and again start doing your own research and start digging. But anyway, um, I'm not going to hold you up any further. Don't forget to support the Old Dog Soapbox podcast with, and go to that's maybe $4.99 a month. That's a cup of coffee a month. That's it. And go to the Old Dog Soapbox uh, dot creator dash spring dot com for some fantastic apparels and digital products. Uh, You won't be disappointed. Anyway, uh, remember what I said. If you have any beef with anybody, smash it. We live a short life. You don't need to walk around with any animosity. Learn how to listen to each other. I know it's hard for a lot of people to, to listen to each other, especially conservatives. They have a very difficult time in listening to someone with, not conservative, but progressives. They have a very... Difficult time progressives have a very difficult time to listen to conservatives, and I need uh, and, and and so we need to be patient with them and continue to under to uh educate them, okay? Conservatives and um, and conservatives also learn how to listen also to progressives because both sides may have some valid points, even though most progressives are way off the deep end, but they may have some points also, so we just can't discount them as well and call them crazy. Uh, so anyway. Um again, see you on the next episode of Old Doll Sobox Podcast with your host Norman Goodman signing out.